Welcome to Veterinary Advice, Animal News, and Views. The place for pets and the people who love them. Here, kitty, kitty, kitty. Here are your hosts, practicing veterinarians, Dr. Roger Welton and Dr. Karen Lewis. Hello, listeners, and thank you for tuning in to another episode of Veterinary Advice, Animal News, and Views. I am one of your co-hosts, Dr. Karen Lewis, and with me is my super friend, co-host, and author, officially, congratulations, Dr. Roger Welton. Thank you, my dear. I really appreciate that. And um, so we have, since you'll do more of the talking, I'll kind of do more of the lead-in, but uh, Roger published his book. We, we both have had books in progress, and he published his first, and I'm not going to lie, when you told me you published yours, I was kind of hating you for like an hour, because I was like, oh, no, you made me do it. But anyway... His book is on Amazon, and it's called The Man in the White Coat, and it's Dr. Rogers' tale of him, uh, how he came to become a veterinarian, um, adventures and misadventures along the way, (laughs) and as a veterinarian and practice owner. So, um, And the sales are going well, and you're getting great reviews, from what I understand. Yeah, it's going really well. I'm actually pleasantly surprised. I just, you know, I, I wrote it, I poured my heart and soul out, and two and a half years of just kind of emotional, I guess, vomiting on the page. And um, I just I just thought I had to get it out, and I just was hoping somebody would care to read it. But, yeah, it's, it's really remarkable how much interest there is in it. So thank you, everybody, who's read it so far. But I really appreciate that. And, by the way, uh, Dr. Karen, it's a tale of love, T-A-I-L. I was being clever there. Har, har. I know, I know, I know. I appreciate the kind words. Um, yeah, so so we're going to talk about the book for a little bit, but we're also going to segue into also Dr. Karen's journey. And no, it's not on a book yet, but what's going to bring what what brought her to where she is at right now in this really huge burgeoning industry? Which Dr. Karen, you were, I guess, one of the innovators and one of the new ones that kind of paved the way. Yeah, I was one of the pioneers. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So, so, so it's now called concierge medicine, but you call it you you just call it house call, right? Yeah, house call medicine, easy peasy. So, but, so, so we'll expand into that for sure. Um, but uh, I really appreciate linking up with you again. Uh, you know, you and I in our second practices, we're we're a bit taxed for time. But um, how, how far how far since the last uh, podcast we did? Oh, I think it was in July, and I think I might have been <laughs> about you, actually, because you're like, if we do a podcast, I'm going to vote. So <laughs> threats may have been involved, and I was like, okay, we have got to do this. But yeah, but this week, I'm a single mom. My husband's out of town. So I was like, okay, I can definitely podcast because we won't be having to go walk the dogs or do anything wild and crazy because that's our life. So yeah, we're good. Awesome. Well, uh, th- thanks for bringing up the book. You know, it's... um. It, it, again, it, it's you look back on things. You know, Karen, your journey getting into the academia side of it. You were a molecular biologist, right? And mm-hmm. you weren't quite like enamored with that side of it. So you're like, oh, I'm just gonna apply for vet school. I got into vet school, right? And mm-hmm. it's kind of straight and narrow for you, Mike. Correct in that? Yeah, yeah. Vet school was a whim. Everything I do is a late night whim. Late night. It whim. worked for me. Well. So. I'm really grateful for you that you were able to experience it that simply. But at the same time, I'm also like, you know, the the road less taken, kind of interesting too. Maybe it cost me more, 
emotionally and financially, but I feel like I wouldn't be the same person I am today without the crazy turns that I took. Um, so you're familiar with the state of New Jersey, correct? Yeah, I lived there a little bit, yeah. <laughs> How long did you live there? Um, year and a half, two years. Two years, maybe, something like that. Yeah, I remember because I lived not far from where you grew up because I was in Colonia. Yeah, that's uh, a mile away from where I grew up. Yeah, I know. <laughs> crazy, actually, yeah. <laughs> the parallels are, like, beyond comparison. It's it's crazy. We were meant to find each other. I know. It's so creepy, I know. <laughs> my husband's still like, how is your other husband? <laughs> <laughs> You're called my video wife. <laughs> so, we, folks, by the way, Dr. Karen and I still have not met in person, which is amazing. I, like, I consider you, like, my buddy, you know? Like. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy. Um, such chemistry, yet so far away. Um, but in New Jersey, I'm sure you met some veterinarians from New Jersey. Were they actually from New Jersey? Yes. yes. Okay. So they did they tell you about the situation back in the day? I'm not sure if they still exist, but New Jersey does not have a state veterinary school, so there's no in-state preference. So what New Jersey does for its residents that have children that want to matriculate into veterinary school is they have contract schools. And there's eight of them, and each contract school allots four spots per school, which gives state of New Jersey 34 slots. And, and they treat them like they're in state in terms of admission. Right. Yeah, because um, actually one of my I'm sorry, friends... sorry, 32. Who, my math is terrible. Did I say 34? I meant 32. Yeah, well, see, that's why New Jersey needs a lot. No. <laughs> <laughs> but... But no, because one of my friends I worked with in Jersey, she was from Jersey, and uh, she went to Ohio State University because it was one of their contract seats, you know, and I think Ohio State has, well, when she was there, they had quite a few, I think like 10, like, like there's a significant proportion of this people at Ohio State that were from New Jersey. It was yeah. surprising. So, um, yeah, so she was one of those contract people. But if you don't get one of the contracts, then you have to go to plan B, which is not in the U.S. if you want to go to vet school. That's kind of how it is because, you know, I um, I had colleagues and friends that had 3.9s and top 20, top 10% on the GRE, graduate record exam that you take. Is that what you took? Graduate yeah. Record exam? Yeah. So, so, I mean, 3.9s and you're that high and I'm seeing them get waitlisted. I'm like, really? Not even an interview? Holy shit. You know, oh, sorry. Pardon my French. But that's what, that was my thought process back then. I'm like, what am I going to do? So I would have kept applying and applying until I, you know. But I also had this other opportunity, which was to go overseas to a very unique university called Ross University, where you actually do your preclinicals on a Caribbean island. You go through the curriculum there, and then you are placed, if you pass the curriculum, at one of um, – the 27, now 28 or 29, I think, of uh, veterinary stateside school. So I got ended up getting Illinois, which is your alma mater. Mm -hmm. And we have much in common in terms of what we went through there. But uh, it really, when I really go back and look at, in hindsight, where I was and where I am now and like the twists and turns and love gained and lost and, you know, it was... It was crazy. Can, you know, you leave the country. I left the high school sweetheart, right? And well, and going to St. Kitts. So we're talking about, guys, a tiny Caribbean island. Like, this isn't like, you know, he went to, like, a mainstream place that there's, like, a lot of flights going in and out of. You know, I mean, like, it It recently became more on the vacation sector. But, okay, here's – so to, to get an idea of how Dr. Roger and my lives are so freakishly intertwined – uh, I got married very, very young and very, very briefly in 1997. Guess where we took our honeymoon? Oh, my God. St. Kitts and Nevis. 
the little known island of kits because it was it was not like hot on the we wanted to go kind of off the radar you know and this was like this off the radar place and then i discovered i didn't even know this at that school there and we just stayed in this crappy hotel on the beach and we were poor college kids you know but um but yeah, yeah I was like, I've actually been to St. Kitts. <laughs> Did you ever tell me this? I don't remember I, you telling me this. Might be first, this might be new information. But yeah, no, I spent a week at the Bird Rock Beach Hotel. The Chotel. Bird Rock, oh my yes. God, the Bird Rock Beach Hotel. It's a little kind of a dump. I don't even is there anymore, but I mean, it's still like nice scenery. and. Yeah, it was the beach. We didn't care. Yeah. Did you go into Basseteer, into the main city? Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. We ate goat. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, so so it's very different even from when I went there. But you know, well, now so it's more touristy. But back when you, yeah. we when we were there, late nineties, early two thousands, it was yeah. not on the tourist radar yet. It was very second world. <laughs> no, no, absolutely, actually, pretty much for, uh, third world, except for the tourist sector, which is actually a lot of the Caribbean. You know, mm-hmm. I, I puddle jumped a lot of the islands and got to know. They're like, oh my god, how many how many places I visited with my parents on vacation and there's so much poverty around those resorts that I didn't know about. So mm-hmm. it, was, it was kind of sobering too, but anyway, long story short, this is about the whole journey. It's actually more interesting than I thought it was because I'm getting great feedback. My father, Dr. Karen, he's like, they're going to make a movie of this one day. And, oh, and, and, and I said, dad, the movie. <laughs> I, I appreciate that. But you know, you're in the book a lot and you know, you, um, part of my inspiration and um, you have a vested interest and obviously you're interested in me. I appreciate that. I don't know if it'll be a movie one day, but uh, yeah, as it turns out, it seems like it's a pretty cool read. So if anybody has the time, please indeed. Um, it's on Amazon. Like Dr. Karen said, it's going to be uh, linked from the, uh, the show page of this show. So you can just click right on it or just Google the man in the white coat, a tale T A I L of love. And there's so. a spoiler alert too, because we were talking about white coats, and maybe I should do the spoiler alert. No, do it. But, it's fine. But because uh, you were saying the man in the white coat is not you. It's not me. Mind blown. Mm-hmm. Can you give us <laughs> any hints? Yeah. Well, um, no, no hints. You figure out who the man in the white coat is, but it's not me. In fact, I abhor the white coat. Uh, if you recall, at University of Illinois, during our clinical year, they made us wear the white coat. And I always got in trouble for not wearing mine. And I'd be like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'll put it right on. Pockets. Like, what did you do with your lip gloss? Come on. Well, <laughs> well, 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 thankfully, um, I had, I had uh, really, I, I wore the cargo pants, you know, the khakis. With oh, the cargo those pants. were big back then, yes. Yeah, yeah. Car- 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 school, yes. Cargo pants. <laughs> so, 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 yeah, I wanted to look like the residents, you know, just having a, my, my shirt and my tie and the stethoscope around my neck and not having this cumbersome thing around me. I don't know. Whatever. Maybe maybe I was grandstanding. Whatever the case, I couldn't stand the white coat. Still don't wear it. 17 years of practice. But um, I would like to segue, Dr. Karen, and I'm actually, this is virgin territory for us. We've never actually explored this, and we're exploring this now live on the air. And I know how much you love to talk about yourself. Oh, God, I hate talking about myself. I know. <laughs> this is like torture for me. <laughs> Perfect. This is therapeutic for Dr. Karen, everybody. Okay, so... <laughs> There is this branch now of medicine, not now, of course, you've been doing it a long time. It's, it's being called concierge medicine. There's actually a whole show called Royal Pains on Netflix about a human concierge doctor, a former ER doctor who found his peace and love doing concierge medicine for the rich and famous in the Hamptons. Right? So clearly that's not your aim right now, but 
no, no. <laughs> it's, become, it's become a term. It's really becoming part of the mainstream lexicon of what you are doing. So, and there's actually chains forming. People are trying to make money because any, any way you can make money, you can. Um, there's actually like this one company made an app. I forget what it's called. If I even knew, I wouldn't say it. Just I wouldn't give them the credit. But um, where you can like have a vet come to your house 24-7 for this low price, you know. Well, they're having a really hard time finding vets to work for them. Imagine that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Good so, luck with that. It's like Walmart went to veterinary medicine. Yeah, yeah you know, like it, a thousand locations. Good luck. With yeah, that. yeah, it, it's it's worse. And so, and there's a couple other like national companies. They're like, oh, work for us, and you know, we'll um, we'll help you get started. And I'm like, or you could just do your own business and not be told what to do and have and be paid pennies on the dollar <laughs> because you're being abused, you know. And um, I've talked to people who have actually like tried these because they were, you know, they were given a smooth sales pitch and oh yeah you have to join with us otherwise you'll never make it and it's always a nightmare and they're like oh god don't even do it you know so but there's a lot of chains and stuff out there that are pretty hellacious but no i started doing it because people clients would always call and say hey can you come to the house and i would hear the receptionist tell them no and i was like well that is kind of silly why don't we go to the house and i stupidly thought that uh starting a house call practice would be just buy a box of syringes and a bucket of uh blood tubes and go out buy some vaccines and go make house calls, you know, and well, you know, $20,000 later, <laughs> when you, <laughs> there's a few more things you need. <laughs> um, but yeah, I know it's, um, I just started small and I'm actually, this is actually something I'm really proud of. So I was in a horrible job at the time and I, I knew I was going to leave, but I didn't want to just leave, leave and not have an income. So what I, I reduced my hours to part-time. And in my extra time, I did relief work, which is basically being a substitute veterinarian, like, you know, filling in when better vets go on vacation. And I became extremely well-known and popular in the area for doing that. And I opened up a separate checking account, savings account, and all my relief work went into that savings account. So when I had enough money saved up, it took me a year. Then I said, okay, I'll start this business. And I didn't have to get a loan, no nothing. I could just start the business because I planned. I had a year to plan. And then I could quit my job and steal all their staff. <laughs> <laughs> kind of. So, but yeah, no, so that, that's how I got into it. And I haven't looked back. And then uh, this past winter, I opened up the clinic because I became acupuncture certified. And I needed a place to do acupuncture. And it turned into, and I just, again, total late night whim. I'm like, I have this building. What am I going to do with it now? Besides acupuncture. Ooh, I'll do a low stress clinic. Why not? Again. Total spontaneous whim, and it's freaking brilliant, <laughs> and everybody loves it. So, once I also trade uh, buy and sell stocks at midnight, I'd recommend it because that's also going well for me too. Apparently, so are you, are you still offering personal training? <laughs> yeah, actually, you, yeah, that's, that's, certified that's, personal trainer. Yeah, I'm a fellow certified personal trainer <laughs> and a tornado spotter. <laughs> right, and bird watcher. Yes. Yeah, because I'm a dork. But yeah, so anyway, so that's kind of how I came to be. I would have, if you would have told me 15 years ago I was going to be a house call and low-stress vet, I would have been like, A, why? <laughs> Who does that and what is that? And now here I am and I'm my own boss and I love it. So so what are the advantages from your perspective? Let, not for the clients. Obviously, you see the client benefit. Otherwise, you wouldn't be doing it. I, I really believe just in knowing you these years, you're all about what's best for the client and the patient. What's best about it for you? 
Um, best about it for me was being able to start a business without having to get a million dollar loan. Okay. Hands down. The fact that I was able to work, save up the money and not get a loan because I hate debt. <laughs> so I'm always like, don't buy crap you can't afford, you know? So I, I'm very old school. And I'm, I still remember the day when I was in vet school and I literally had 12 cents in my checking account, you know, those days. And you're like, I don't have food and I literally have 12 cents. <laughs> so that's just what you do. Yeah, so. I, remember, I remember Jimmy John's was splurging. Like, oh, oh, oh my gosh, yes. I'm having Jimmy John's today. Yeah, <laughs> oh my gosh, I know. It was, yeah, it was. <laughs> and like, and that, that broke, like that frugalness like stays with you. So no, so the big reason for me was... I could be my own boss and start a practice and fill a need. I knew there was demand for it without having to do a big, scary loan and commit to this huge thing. And then what if it doesn't work? You know, I'm out. The worst thing I was, I was out some equipment. I could always sell it on eBay or whatever and call it a day, you know? <laughs> so. Yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting. We took two different trajectories. Um, I, I always felt like, and, and I don't know if our experience like painted our different paths or, and how we went, but obviously our paths brought us together. So I think you're a, a yin and I'm a yang or vice versa, whatever the case. That's why we click, yeah. I think. But the, 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 the scenic route and the amount of debt, by the way, I had to go to go into to, you know, it's a private, Ross University is a private school. It's expensive oh. as heck. Yeah. So Actually, we, I don't know if you're, if you're not comfortable saying how much you had to borrow, you don't have to, but no, just no problem. You, I had no problem saying $187,000 back in. It's a bargain. Yeah. A bargain. Nowadays, oh, now it is. Now it is. Yeah. Now, it is, now the kids coming out of Ross owe like three fifty, three seventy five. Three fifty, three hundred. Yeah, exactly. But so, infl- inflation, inflation. Kids nowadays owe. <laughs> they're they're coming out making a little bit more money than I did back then. But but I don't I don't think it's keeping pace. Inflation. I don't think it's keeping no, pace. Not at all. Yeah, I have a new grad actually. That, that not a new grad. She's a year with me now. But yeah, her her loans were much more substantial. But I think you know, given the whole like just different segues that you know the career took me i came out with my degree and i said holy crap i'm going to maximize this i'm going to go in every direction i can i'm going to do any technical surgery i could possibly learn i'm just gonna basically become the best rock star i can in the veterinary industry And and then by year two or three not only was i doing that i was starting the, the media company that you're part of now you know, with the podcast and all that. And, and I just grabbed it by the horns and I'm like, you know what? It took so much to get here. And it wasn't hard. It wasn't the academics that were hard. It was just the time and the travel and the, you know, the, all of the different aspects. What's just, that? Yeah. And the inconvenience. Just Inconvenience. The whole, yeah. How about just, you know, I, you know, I, 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 going back to, you know, Melissa and my wife now, um, I met her in Illinois and, you know, that's a spoiler too, but, um, she was the third in the process and it was hard to say goodbye to the other two. You know, she's, Melissa's the third and final love of my life, but like saying goodbye to those because my career took me in ways and out of heart, out of mind happened. It was hard. Like it was so much. So I'm, anyway, long story short, going to grab this by the horns and I'm going to mm, do it. And I'm on my second clinic now, like a general clinic, which is full service, Balls to the wall, you know, can do, you're not going to be referred for anything as we can do it all here kind of scenario. And you went, you know, in the direction you went, which is concierge medicine, personal connection, you know, your, your, your blog, Vet Chick, 
it's all about being the vet relatable friend, the, the vet friend you never had you know it's relatable yeah. it's so different than me yeah because you're all about do it i, I do, do the science and do as much as you can and i'm like let's talk about this yeah. <laughs> you know like which yeah. is why house calls work so well for me yeah because it's uh, i mean and even in my clinic i think i might told you like i'll have i'll have days where like we were just balls to the wall booked with just you know acupuncture just vaccines ear infections i love pain management is totally my jam oh my god and um give me an old crotchety dog and i'm like ooh yes and well, that's because that's all you own that <laughs> <laughs> is all i will own yeah but um but yeah but, and, and at the end of the day i'm like holy crap i actually got paid to do this and i had so much fun awesome and like and my clients it's actually so funny. So, like, I have such a wonderful relationship with my clients that whenever I announce that I'm going on vacation and I'm closing, most people, like, you send out the mass email, hey, we're going to be closed for these days because I'm going on vacation. Okay. I get, like, 30 emails back. Oh, my gosh, where are you going? I hope you have fun. I want pictures, <laughs> you know. It's just, like, like, most people don't get that, you know. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's crazy. And they're sincere. They're not just like try you know what i mean like they really are like wanting to know and it's it's yeah it's cool that's why i love what i do so it's very satisfying for you you know yeah i, I, I can understand like, that no. <laughs> what's that i said you'd be like oh i'm so annoyed <laughs> well but. but here's the thing though i i mean i have my familial peeps as well you know i'm at a point in my career now where yes at the new clinic i'm seeing people that i've never known at my previous clinic, I'm not seeing new new patients. I'm just seeing my peeps that have been there from the beginning, which is 04, when I took that place over. And so I get the familial thing. I'm not going to go to their house, but that just probably adds another layer of mm-hmm. that, that, that feeling. Like tonight, you know, I'm in my scrubs because I, I work tonight. I had an entire night of family, it felt like. I'm like, oh, my God, it's her. Oh, my God, it's him. And, you know, just the, the clients and the patients that you just known forever. Yeah. It's a, it's a great feeling, but you take it to another level because you actually go into their homes. Probably they make you hot cocoa. If it's, you know, you, you do a winter up there and all, you know. Well, and, see, and being, <laughs> seeing somebody's house tells you so much about them. Yeah. Oh, yes. Please elaborate on that. That's interesting. Please oh, well, elaborate on that. <laughs> you're, you're like, this is getting juicy. No, Get I love pop. it. <laughs> no, but, and you just know, it just. It just gives you insights. I don't know, just little things like the way they decorate or the way, you know what I mean? I just kind of know, like, the pictures of their family sitting around, of them going to Disney World, or just little things like that, that you're like, oh, wow, you're really into quilting. Or, oh, you know, um, or, uh, I, I won't, I can't repeat that on the air. Um, <laughs> <laughs> there's one I would, I'll tell you. After. Glad you caught yourself there. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, but no, I mean, there's, you know, some things that you're like, I would have never pegged you for that or whatever. And then there's other people that you're like, yeah, you totally are, you know, but, um, but you know, it's just, and like just being there and like, you know, hanging out on their couch or whatever, you're just like, that's cool. You know, and it just, it just makes the whole atmosphere where I think people open up to me more too, yeah. just because you're just more relaxed when you're at home and, and I'm like laying on the floor with your dog and they're just like. Oh God, it makes people crazy though. They're like, especially the, the older generation, like our parents' age. They're like, "Honey, would you please get off the floor and sit on the furniture?" <laughs> oh, like, the floor, the floor, the floor, the floor. Yeah. Oh, like, I'm, I'm, I'm on the floor all day, you know, oh, and because that's where the animal is. But um, 
But yeah, but it's so funny and because some people are like, and so people I know now, I'm like, I, I tell my text when I'm like, okay, sit on the couch. It makes them crazy <laughs> to sit on the floor. <laughs> so we actually have to know, like, they want they want us to pretend like we're civilized people. So we have to fake it for this one. So <laughs> yeah, I remember you told me also like you came in and there was one case we did an obesity um, episode a long time ago, and I remember you talking about well, I have the benefit of being a house call doctor, and I. I see the free choice giant bowl of food just sitting there. When I see the measuring scoop they use. <laughs> right. The one cup. How big is that yes. cup? And it's like a big gulp. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <right>. One cup. <laughs> yes. So that helps too, you know. Oh, oh my gosh, yeah. And, and I and I've, I mean, those of you, if you probably have gathered that I'm not shy or inhibited. So I'll just walk right up and be like, hey, I'm going to go in your kitchen and check out your dog food cabinet. And they're like, okay. So I'm just, you know, secret, it is what it is. Secret <laughs> insight. So no, that's awesome. So then there you are in your path on my path. And yet we're both, we're both providing different services and paradigms for our patients and clients, but yet all on the same team and really enjoying what we do. It's really cool. Um, different, but no less awesome as it appears for you or yeah. for me and for our clients. Yeah. And we all have, it's funny because we definitely have different types of clients too. I'm sure, you know, cause like I have clients who are like, I'm tired of being rushed in and out of the clinic and I want somebody who's going to explain everything to me and like get the sock puppets, you know, and, and yours are the clients who are like, hey, I want good care for my pet, but I don't need this to take an hour. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so yeah. it's not always the case. Some some will think their fifteen minute slot is an hour. <laughs> yeah. Um, so <laughs> real quick on that venue, real I had I had a very oh, wordy client that came in last week, and luckily this time she brought her twenty two year old son because it's a particularly fractious husky. Imagine oh. that, Doctor Karen, a fractious yeah. husky. Uh, Never heard of that. But uh, anyway, so this husky is really fractious. And um, she brought her son, and she's giving me the history, and she's giving me detail that I really don't need. But I'm yeah. sitting there nodding, like, okay, you could tell me about the the lunar cycle and you know where it was when this particular science you know started and how the moon was and, and how the particular shade it made in your house. And, and by the <laughs> way, you were baking cookies at the same time and say, you know, you've got most history before, right? Uh, oh yeah. Yeah. So her son goes, okay, mom, 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 this guy doesn't have all day. You just need oh, to cut to the like, chase. Oh, you're like, son, you're hired. Yeah. You, you need to cut <laughs> to the chase. I loved it. I loved it. You yeah. need to cut to the chase. She goes, honey, he needs to get all the history. No, no. He needs to know that he's barfing. He's barfing. He can't hold food down. That's the bottom line, doc. I'm just going to help my mom here because she'll be here all oh day. Oh, my God. I hugged him. <laughs> I wanted to give him a high five. I was like, no, no, it's okay to get all the pieces of ancillary history. You know, so I'll be patient. You, you know, you need to speak for your dog. I'm thinking, God, I love that kid. Bring him I know. <laughs> I'd be like, high five to you. Mom taught him well, and you just quit your talking over there. Yeah. <laughs> so. Oh, man. Anyway, so... Um, so was it so hard to talk about yourself? No, it's just, you know, how I, I'd rather talk about other people and talk, you know, get to know them, you know, how I roll. I get it. I get it. But, but it's important that everybody knows who you are. In fact, you taught me some things about yourself tonight. Yeah. And I've known I, yeah. you virtually for a long time. The whole St. Kitts bomb. I don't think I dropped on you before. I never is, knew that. Yeah. Never yeah. knew you were married before. Never knew that either. Yeah. Very briefly, very youngly. Okay. Very 
Kitsley, yes. Um, <laughs> but well, I mean, it's cool, folks. You learned things about Karen that I learned at the same time tonight. Yeah, and that was not in pre. A lot of this was not in pre-show. This no. is really cool. I'm just- bombs dude yeah like he didn't know what's it no but no but no in my defense when you're really young you like marry like the incredibly hot guy mm. and you just figure it's gonna work because he's so hot <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't <laughs> so well i was engaged to the hot girl if you read my book you'll learn all about it <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> didn't quite take the leap but i was engaged to the hot girl <laughs> so Carrot, I get it. <laughs> so, yeah, a lot of fun, though, and really nice to connect with you again. So let's try to do this more often, as we always say. Uh, we always do. But, but, yeah, but now that – actually, truth be told, Dr. Rogers, entire schedule revolves around walking my dogs and getting them exercise. And so now that it's getting dark earlier, I'll, it'll, force, it'll force me to get done earlier and come in and be able to podcast with you. So there you go. And on my end, I was covering, I was working six days a week. Like when I just first took over my first practice and I couldn't afford another doctor for nine years. Um, it was, I was thrown back into that purgatory, but we have figured out the situation. We have our young associate. We're doing a good rotation. I'm working a reasonable schedule. Still 40 hours a week though. It's like, come on now. Oh, shut up. I would love to get down to 40 hours a week. Yeah, I was down no, to 18 dude. hours. I was down to 18 hours a week. I was down to 18 oh, hours God. a week just doing, like, seeing the patients I want to see, doing the surgeries I want to do. And I'm like, and I'm now, and you had to get the second clinic, and then that's when it all went. Well, no, I mean, my goal is to get down to 40 hours a week. That's my dream. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I'm preaching the choir. <laughs> yeah, so I'm like, no, if I can get, I'm like, you're, you're coming about 40 hours a week, honey. I'm like, dude, that's like my goal for the last two years is to get down to 40 hours a week. And you're like, wah. So you had <laughs> There is no, 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 there is no sympathy coming from me. Just let's be clear. So um, anyway, yeah. they need to listen to this fight like an old married couple. So <laughs> I'll have to introduce you to uh, my staff. It's all women. Mine is Dr. Fogelberg, who's the other dude. The rest are all yeah. women and they are just like you. They're like, hey, wah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's true. Even when I was doing 60 hours a week for the last three weeks, they're like, wah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, lovely to connect with you. Lovely connect with you, listeners. Thank you for being patient with us. Good night, everybody. Good night, Dr. Karen. Thanks, guys. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.